This is me, the Diary of Chris Gilmore, season one, episode two. And before I get into my diary and, and my thoughts on this episode, I just really wanted to say thank you for your feedback, for your comments, for your messages of support. So episode one uh, of This Is Me, The Diary of Chris Gilmore, it looks like it was a massive success. Uh, Looking at the stats there, we had over 600 listeners in the very first day of us releasing that podcast. And out of all the podcasts I've done so far, that has purely been the most successful so far, especially in the very first day. So to get over 600 listens in that very first day was amazing. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And I hope you get some sort of value out of these. And from that sort of support, um, it, it really just resonates with me and tells me that I think I'm onto something here. I've got something that people want to listen to. And if they don't, they can simply just turn it off and and that's fine as well too. But um, today's episode uh, is about a couple of things. This one's a little bit longer, this episode. Uh, I've got a lot on my mind, a lot of things happening in the last week. And um, these two things is uh, what I wanted to start with episode two on. So I'll get straight into it. I was I was listening to a, another podcast the other day and it really got me thinking about like my inner circle, my family, my friends, acquaintances, uh, my work colleagues and people that I share most of my life with on here on social media. And to be honest, 90% of the people that are on my social media, I actually don't really know personally or in depth, if you know what I mean. They're not people that I would always catch up with or go and have a coffee or lunch. Uh, they're just acquaintances. Most people that are on my Facebook that I've connected with have been really be- basically just people. I've met in passing at one stage of, of your life, but if you were to walk past them in a shopping center, you you wouldn't actually stop and say hello. And when I was listening to this particular podcast, they were talking about your so-called friends on your social media feed and what are they posting? Are they feeding you positive stuff? Are they adding you like value to your life or are they just spreading negativity or things that actually just make you unhappy? And you have to understand with social media, Everything that you're shown on your newsfeed is to do with algorithms. And for those that don't know what an algorithm is, it works out what you like, what you're looking at, what you're engaging with, what you're commenting on, and it sort of really just works out you basically. So it keeps feeding you these things or these people on your timeline that you're interacting constantly with in your social media feed. And when I was listening to this, it really resonated with me that if people on your social media are not bringing you value, they're actually making you unhappy by showcasing their highlight reel. You need to remember the thing with Facebook, Instagram, and just social media in general is majority of people only post the good stuff happening in their life. They're showcasing the fun things or a lifestyle that they wish they could maintain. Uh, I call this the highlight reel of their life. And what happened to people posting like the real shit that goes on in their life, like the authentic them? Majority don't because they're too worried about judgment and what other people will think of them. Where I really believe we're seeing a shift away from this and people who are expressing themselves, being them, showing emotion, uh, they express their opinion on some topics that you actually may not agree with, but they're willing to, to just be them. I actually have more respect for those people uh, and I like to continue to see them in constantly in my newsfeed for all different reasons. 
But for me, my page is basically anything I want to post. I get many DMs about my social media pages and why they love following me. And it's for all different reasons, to be honest. And like my page is basically anything I would just want to post of what's actually happening in my life with my family, my racing, my business, or even my opinions on certain topics. I can be quite opinionated sometimes about certain things. But what you see is what you get. It's the real me, the no bullshit. Then there's there's no flash cars that I rent and, and take selfies with. There's no flash watches or expensive branded clothes that I wear because the real me isn't about those material things. So if you are following people that are fake, those material mofos, I call them, or the content that they're posting makes you depressed, or you judge your life on where you see them compared to them, simply just unfollow them from your timeline feed. You need to break the algorithm and replace them with people posting positive content. Things like what you have an interest in, what you like seeing, what makes you happy, and not the things that create judgment on a social status. You can't expect real when you follow fake. And remember that. The next topic in my diary is I was reminiscing about how I actually got into sales. Uh, I was in a conference uh, with my franchisees yesterday and I was just sitting there looking around the table and just, you know, sometimes I just, when people are talking, I'm not actually really there with them in the same room and, and I was just sort of just thinking, how did I get here? So I wrote down some notes last night about, you know, where I started and how I got into sales and this is the sort of story of how I ended up where I am and I'm going to share some stuff with you that's quite personal in this and and some things that people wouldn't know but for those who are listening to my podcast my my business is real estate but I actually really just want to go and strip that right back to where it all actually started because one thing that really grinds me is is people only see where you are today. They actually don't see the behind the scenes or how you ended up where you currently are. You know, some people, when they look at sports people, they just think they were instantly born like that with that amount of talent. Like they don't see, um, you know, the story about, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, on the driving range, smashing 10,000 golf balls every single day or Roger Federer, you know, on the court for 10 hours a day. Like no one sees that. They just see them winning the trophy and holding up, you know, the big cups and and winning and stuff like that. I I really wanted to just see, you know, where where you currently are. And and I believe a lot of people will actually resonate with this. So for me, it all started when when I was young and I believe it or not, I can actually still remember the conversation I had with my mum that I said one day that I will have my own business. It was never in my DNA that I would actually be working for someone. And I think I was about eight years old when I had that conversation. And it was going to be one of two things. Um, one, it was it was gonna I was gonna have a very successful business in the future, or I was gonna be in jail for just doing absolutely something stupid. So I'm glad it wasn't the latter. But for for me, I'm not sure what it was, but I knew from an early age that I wouldn't work for someone. I knew what I always wanted to do, and and that was just to race cars. But I always knew that I had to have something to fall back onto in case that didn't happen. Um, and I never knew what sort of business it would be, but I was determined that I would create my own fate when it comes to business. When I look back, I really did start young. Like when I was 13, I had my own car washing business. And what I mean, a car washing business, I would after school and on weekends, I would ride my bike around the neighborhood. I'd knock on doors looking for cars that were dirty. Uh, and I would ask if they would like their car washed. Now, it was easy because most people, they wouldn't say no to a 13-year-old kid. After building up 
some regular clients and, and always looking for more, I got some of my mates in with me to help and I'd actually, I'd pay them. So looking back, I actually had employees when I was 13, uh, which were just my mates to help out, but you know, I'd pay them. And I remember another kid that also started doing the same in our block. So I, we started competing and I remember we, by the end of it, we were washing people's cars for a dollar. Um, so it was really easy to get the business, but we were just undercutting each other basically to get the business. And, and this is when I was like 13 and I'd pay my mates 50 cents. Um, so that is where it sort of really started for me. And then from there, I had a paper run to earn extra money. And I worked out if I could con my mum into like driving me around and throwing him out the car window, I'd get the job finished 10 times quicker than me riding my bike. I did that for many years and I, I was always a good saver. So if I ever wanted the latest pair of Jordans, uh, I would buy them with my own money that I worked hard for or the latest CD or Walkman or whatever I wanted. But it was always from money that I I'd worked for. It was never given to me from my parents. And that was one thing that they really installed into me that if you want something, you got to work hard for it. So that was that's one thing that I can really thank my parents for. From here then, I, I started trading in actually basketball cards uh, in my mid-teens. Um, and when it was hot, you know, collecting and swapping basketball cards and it was easy for me because I've always been a, um, a basketball fan. So it was more for fun, but I found out that you could trade cards that you wanted and I knew that I could sell them on to my mates for more or get better cards and stuff like that. So I, I love this because at a young age, I really learned like the art of negotiating and what makes people tick in order to trade things to get what you wanted. From here, I had many other jobs in between after leaving school. So if we fast forward to my early 20s where I got a job door-to-door selling and how I fell into door-to-door, I remember uh, I had a conversation with my dad when I said I wanted to get into sales and he sat me down and he said, Chris, Hope, if, if you can make it in door-to-door selling, then you'll be successful at anything that you want, no matter what you're selling. So it was really this encouragement from my dad that made me really cut my teeth and prove that I had the skills. So for just under four years, I was selling home alarm systems door to door from Northern New South Wales, all the way up to North Queensland and pretty much everywhere in between. Now, I wanna share something with you that not many people actually know about me, but I made a promise when I decided to do these podcasts that I'd be honest uh, with you all and to be authentic. So in this job, to be honest, we didn't really have to work too hard uh, and I was actually making like bullshit money. And when you're 21, 22 years of age and you're making anywhere from $1,000 to $3,000 a day and you're only working a couple of hours, honestly, you think like you're the man, like you think you've got it all when you're earning that sort of money back then at, at such a young age. But I fell into the trap of never having a lot of money to having a lot of money and then blowing it all. What I mean by when I blew it all is is basically I blew all of the cash gambling and I can't give you the exact figure. I know it was well over 200,000 bucks uh, that I'd blew. I hid it from everyone. I hid it from my, uh, my wife now, um, my family, like my work colleagues until it got to the point where I absolutely had nothing left, not a, not a cent. Uh, I was down in the dumps about it all. I, I pretty much was just selling anything and anything I had uh, just to, to really, you know, get that next fix, just like a drug addict would. Uh, it's the same thing when, when you have an addiction. So uh, look, the, the lesson that I learned from that was money changes people. 
And if you're not smart with your choices, it can wreck you. So I'm lucky, like my wife, um, she was there, she supported me. She's a, she was very good with money uh, and budgeting and saving and to really just get me back onto track. And But look, definitely, guys, it, it wasn't the best choice I've ever made in my life. It's probably one of the biggest mistakes I've made, but I'm upfront about it. I'm honest about it. I've learned from that experience. Um, I, don't, I don't gamble now. It wasn't always about the money. It was more about just that thrill of the chase and, and being there. I don't know for, for anyone that's been through anything like that, they would understand what I'm talking about. So from, from that, I knew I really, I had to bounce back. So I, I, I just went and got a normal job um, in a retail store selling home appliances. And I did this for five years just to, to get my life back on track and save some money. But I didn't love what I was doing. So I had a few side hustles after my nine to five job. I, I had uh, two websites that I created. Uh, one was a car selling website um, where general public and car yards could advertise their cars for sale. Um, you know, we're talking many years ago where before car sales was big and stuff like that. And what I would do on my days off from my retail job, because it was only five days a week and it was different, different days I would work. Uh, I'd drive around to all the car yards in Brisbane and I'd get those yards advertising on my site. I also created a second website, which I think was a first in the country, but it was actually a reverse auction website um, where people would pay money for credit and then they would be able to bid on these items, uh, electrical appliances, uh, holidays, whatever it was that I had on there. And it was actually the lowest exclusive bid would actually win the item. And it's I'm not going to go into it too, too deeply, but uh, the concept really worked and uh, made a lot of money out of both of these websites and I built them up over the years as, as my side hustle and then I ended up actually selling both of the websites and just cashing them in. From there at night I would then, um, I still wanted something on the side you know to because I was wouldn't it just you know when you're earning 50, 60 grand a year you're just paying the bills and, and I knew I wanted so much more so at night you know after my job I'd surf on the on the net and I'd look for cars uh, because I, I sort of had a knack for picking the right cars and being able to get them at good prices and selling them and stuff like that. So uh, I got into that with my father-in-law and, and we were just buying and selling cars and we'd buy them, negotiate, get them cheap, clean them up. Then I'd re-advertise them. I'd market them better. I'd take better photos. And every single car that we made, uh, that we brought, uh, we made a profit on. And I think in one year we'd sold and brought and sold like nearly 30 cars. Um, and this was just all on the side of my normal nine to five job. I knew like I couldn't do this like forever. I don't think I'd get away with it now because of the, the licenses and, and stuff like that. And you can't trade that many cars, but back then you could. And uh, this one, one, this like this one day when I was in, in the retail store, uh, one of my work colleagues, uh, Peter, uh, he said to me, Chris, mate, you're really good at selling. Why don't you just get into real estate? And I don't, I don't know what it was. And I'd never thought about real estate. I never, it, was, it never really come into my mind. Um, but there was actually an office across the road from where I walked. So that, that day on my lunch break, I actually walked over and um and I asked for a job and as they say the the rest is history and that's really how I got into real estate I sort of fell into it but I'm sure you know I over the time on these podcasts I'll get into the highs and lows of of being a business owner but I wanted to talk to you about the lead up and what people never saw in the background so if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and and you're unhappy in your job or you do have like a special knack for something that you can make into a business. I say, just do it. Fuck the judgment from people. Those judging you, are they're only the ones without the balls to actually jump in. Uh, and if someone says that you're crazy, then 
you know what? You probably are and you're probably onto the right thing. So do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life again. I absolutely love that motto and, and follow your passion and don't get to your deathbed with regret. Thanks for listening. <laughs>